Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Good morning, everyone. My name is Madeleine Teo and I hate the Fixed Income Asia research team at Bank Julius Baer. Last week, global stocks and bonds surged higher thanks to an early Christmas gift from Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. It was the best Fed day we have seen in 15 years. The Fed left the benchmark rate unchanged at about 5.4%, and the latest FOMC medium dot plot implied three-quarter point cuts next year. At the news conference after the meeting, Chair Powell did not push back and instead gave a dovish pivot, suggesting that the Fed was edging ever closer to the end of its rate hiking campaign. The S&P was up 1% and the two-year treasury yield fell 25 basis points as investors embraced a more dovish tone by the FOMC and Powell. Our economists also brought forward the timing of US rate cuts to May 2024 as the Fed sees a more benign inflation outlook, opening the door for rate cuts. When we look at consumer inflation, this has dropped from a year-on-year peak of 9.1% in June 2022 to 3.7% last month. In fact, the most stubborn component, which is shelter, is also falling. The US 30-year mortgage rate continues to fall towards 7% and US home prices is expected to fall next year, bidding well for rent. Yet, the dovish pivot has pushed US Treasury yields down too quickly, pricing in not only early cut in March, but very aggressive cuts. Market seems getting to be getting ahead of themselves, expecting six quarter point cut instead of three that the FOMC median dot plot suggests. So last Friday, we saw Treasury yields shut up again after the New York Fed President John Williams pushed back on investors like exuberance by reminding investors that it is still too early to begin thinking about lowering borrowing costs. He further reminded that monetary policies needs to be sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation back to 2%. The Atlanta Fed President Bostick also sang similar tune and said it is too premature to discuss a March cut. Chicago's Fed President is more dovish, saying risks are becoming more balanced and the focus should shift to the employment side of the mandate. Quite clearly, the FOMC members want an option not to cut in March and took this opportunity to dial back expectations of rate cuts next year. So besides U.S. Treasury use, credit spread for the U.S. corporates is not cheap. The extra yield over treasuries that investors demand for buying U.S. corporate bonds fell to the lowest. In fact, it's at the lowest average level since January 2022. So it is not cheaper for companies to borrow, and this could give central banks less reason to cut rates and the slowdown in the U.S. could be pushed further out. The situation is pretty much the same in Asia. The easy spread dislocation that we saw beginning of the year post the reopening is over. Asian high grade is set to finish 2023 well, despite turbulences along the way. So the credit spread in Asia reached a six-year low, but the shift in U.S. rate is still positive for emerging market and Asia. So we see that dollar could move lower from here, and this is good for the emerging market. Our commodity specialists also focus for oil to move towards 70 US dollar per barrel, 
and this should benefit oil importing nations. Central bank cannot focus on boosting economic growth instead of fighting inflation, and flows could return to this part of the world as economic growth in the US slow. Asian hybrid bonds um, benefit from positive technicals as we see this year, as net redemptions has actually outweighed issuances. And this trend is expected to persist into 2024. So China particularly will continue to see lower supply. It is simply cheaper for corporates to refinance any dollar bonds maturity by bringing this onshore where rates are much cheaper. So we have upgraded Asia hybrid back to an overweight. The reason is actually less due to spread because it's already tight and you will move um, probably range bound from here. The upgrade is due to an emerging market overweight, lower US rates as the curve is expected to normalize and diversification reason as some flows return to Asia. We are neutral on US Treasury at this level and more positive at range of 4.25% to 4.75% yield levels. Investors can still lock in use of quality financials and corporate investment grade bonds. Risks to our core include disappointing inflation numbers, supply of treasury to fund deficits, and fiscal impact from should Trump win the election in 2025. So all these factors could cause short-term volatility, presenting entry opportunity. So yes, the rally has been fast and furious, and the path um, is not a linear one. So our head of fixed income research says uh, we could see some treasury volatility with setbacks at 4.25%, and investors should be prepared to take profit if the yield of the US Treasury goes too quickly to 3.5%, and we are talking about the 10-year. And moving over to China, China injected the most liquidity of around CNY 800 billion by its medium-term lending facility since 2016, last Friday, to revive its economy. So the net injection was more than twice the amount forecasted. And concerns about economic growth has led to an underperformance of Hansing Index compared to the global stock market over the last five years. So in a newly published report, uh, my equity uh, research colleagues says that Hong Kong is unlikely to experience a fifth year of negative return. The team highlighted that we are now near a historical trough and concerns are mostly priced in. We have seen that China has recently stepped up on policies to arrest the economic slowdown. And uh, this policy could put the floor in the stock market. And they see a chance of a 15% technical rebound as both valuation and investors' positioning is at an all-time low. So high beta large cap could benefit in the near term and this excludes the Chinese internet companies. The medium and long-term fundamentals of China, we have to say, uh, remains challenging. And this could trade sideways throughout the year. So we really prefer high dividend and state-owned enterprises. They should be able to weather this like uh, shift in policy goals. So with this, I end my podcast recording. And this is also the last The Week in Markets episode till January next year. I wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy 2024. And thank you for your continuing support. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking 
visit us at www.juliusbear.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com slash legal slash podcast for further important legal information.